everyone. Welcome to the first episode of Noted, a music education podcast that's designed to help you get out of your own way. I'm Jamison McCafty. I'm the director of choirs at Round Rock High School in Round Rock, Texas, and I have taught there for 10 years. And before that, I taught in Taylor, Texas as their direct requires for the entire secondary system. Uh, I have uh, 15 years of experience and uh, went got my undergraduate at University of Texas uh, at Austin and then a master's degree in choral conducting from Texas State University uh, in San Marcos. Before that, I grew up in Texas, uh, in Dallas, Texas, uh, at South Garland High School, uh, and was in one of the most successful choral programs in the history of uh, the state. And so I, I feel like I have an interesting perspective on how uh, to develop and build a program. Uh, when I got to Round Rock High School, the program was over just a little over 150 students, and I've grown it to uh as the director requires to just uh, just under just around 250, and uh, see consistent success at all levels uh, of individual and ensemble singing. So as we begin this journey, uh, we always talk about lots of opportunities to uh, go in through professional development and in an in a education setting. We don't have a lot of professional development that is geared towards us outside of specific uh, conferences like Texas Music Educators Association in February coming up or uh, our summer convention, uh, Texas Bandmasters, Texas Orchestra Directors or Texas Choral Directors Association or our national conferences. Uh, we don't have a lot of geared professional development that is designed just for us. And so uh, we're always being asked uh, by campus leadership teams, what do you want as an as a teacher to get professional development on our in-service days? And so uh, I've always sat around and listened to all these other people uh, try to give up, come up with ideas and whatnot. And I just finally said, you know what? Let's start a podcast where we can have a regular conversation about how to be the best version of ourselves uh, and get out of the way of all the little things that get in our way from ARD meetings to setting up fundraisers, turning in deposits, all those little things that they don't tell you when you're in school at, uh, at your university or in grad school uh, in the music education classes. They focus on how to teach and your content material. So this is what this this whole show is going to be about. And uh, we're going to have, uh, sometimes it's just going to be me talking. Uh, sometimes we'll have a co-host. Uh, we may have guests, guests to interview. Uh, it's just, we're just going to kind of go with the flow and have a journey. So we, I hope you will join us on this journey as we begin. And so here we are, episode one. New year, new me. This is what this episode is going to be all about. It's about uh, how do you start over if you feel lost or overwhelmed. And we can feel overwhelmed at the drop of a hat as an educator because we have so many things being thrown at us. And being an uh, elective teacher, a fine arts teacher, uh, you have so many extra things from planning rehearsals, picking out music, setting up the choir trip, 
uh, the getting transportation set up and ready to go uh, for your next festival, your contest, uh, um, fundraisers, all sorts of things. There's so many little things that get in our way, that get dropped on our desk. If you walked into my office right now at school, uh, my whole whole life is uh, spread across my desk uh, and in the corner in a bunch of boxes and stuff. So it, it is it is crazy at Round Rock High School right now. Uh, we are entering into musical season and so trying to put in a uh, professional level uh, performance uh, production uh, is it's a lot to going on. And so uh, there are so many things that get in our way. So how do you find the joy in teaching when your life feels so scattered about. So uh, it's never too late or too early to start planning. In order to be successful, you have to have a plan. Uh, everything I say to my students all the time in the my choral rehearsals, 99% um, of what we do is about the preparation. So we're preparing for, um, we're pre every time we're uh, in rehearsal, we're learning the music, preparing for a concert. Uh, and when you're in, in an individual piece of music, you're preparing for the next phrase. Your breath is preparing for the next note. Uh, your mindset is always looking ahead. You don't wanna feel like you're walking down a hallway staring at your feet. So, uh, you know, and if you're at Round Rock High School, we have almost uh, close to 3,900 students on campus. I think uh, at our leadership meeting the other day, we said it was 3,786, so almost 3,800, uh, and we're growing uh, every year. Um, and so you see so many different uh, people all over campus and so right outside the choir room uh it is a it is at during passing periods it is a uh super highway of congestion and so if you're not keeping look and sight on the future you can get lost in the weeds and you can cause lots of trouble and you know running into people and you could hurt yourself or other people and so from a from an educator standpoint you got to kind of have a plan and know what you're going to do now, when you went to school, uh, whether you're an undergrad or, uh, or, you know, or in grad school or some, some school districts require you to turn in weekly, daily lesson plans, uh, I'm not saying you have to have a written out lesson plan every single day. Um, I, I don't do that. Uh, I have a plan every day, but I don't write out my lesson plan every single day because my lesson every day is we're going to rehearse today. Uh, I have an outline. I know the things I want to accomplish. And if I if I did write down for the many ensembles I had, that'd be a lot of trees that I've killed, you know. Uh, so what I'm talking about is a strategic plan that helps you get out of your way. So, uh, several years ago, before the pandemic, before we shut down the whole world uh, in 2020, um, I had uh, had a conversation with uh, my uh, head principal on our campus. His name is Matt, Matthew Groff, uh, and he is a fantastic uh, principal and boss to work for. And uh, I sat down with him 
um, because our program was exploding. We were uh, approaching 275 students in choir, <coughs> and we needed, uh, with me and my assistant, we just needed help. We, we, we were teaching uh, every minute of the day. There was never a moment of time when there wasn't something going on in the choral classroom, uh, from music theory, uh, AP music theory, and all of our many ensembles. And at Round Rock High School, we have uh, we have six concert ensembles, uh, ranging from uh, beginner all the way to uh, varsity level advanced mixed choir. Uh, we also have two show choirs, a mixed show choir, uh, and a treble choir. And uh, and then at that time uh, in twenty nine in twenty nineteen, um, when we had this conversation, uh, we also had. Um, we taught AP music theory and on-level music theory. Uh, and so that's a lot of coursework and a lot of preps for, for me and my assistant to go through on a regular basis. And so uh, in, in addition to all just the regular things that we have to do as teachers and counselors and, uh, you know, uh, just all the all the things that the students come to us for all the time because we're the class that they want to be a part of. Uh, they choose to be there. And some of them choose to never leave whenever they, they are always in our classroom, always in our office, hanging out, talking to us, uh, confiding in us, and wanting to build that relationship. So uh, I sat down and said, hey, we are approaching our district's guideline for, um, for a third director. And he told me that, uh, well, it's a lot more complicated situation than just, hey, you've reached a number, you need it. Uh, we have to show justified means. Uh, and and as, I, as I've grown into this leadership role uh, as department chair and as, uh, as a veteran in the district, I've learned that there's so many more permutations and levels to this than I could ever imagine. But I have also learned that... Um, uh, that if you don't advocate, they'll never know. So, but in this conversation with uh, my principal, uh, Mr. Groff said that, uh, and it was around about around this time of the year that we had this conversation. He said, um, I want you to sit down and I want you to write me a five-year strategic plan. Uh, I want you to tell me what your goals are, uh, how you're going to track data, uh, and show growth and um, benchmarks and sit down uh, and come up with a, a, a written out thought through process of how you're going to continue to grow the program and sustain this growth. And then we can talk about uh, staffing and personnel. So uh, I went to our uh, winter conference, the Texas Music Educators Association Conference in San Antonio uh, during the second week of February. Uh, I went to that conference that year with the mindset to put this plan into action and actually went to a session um, uh, put on by the Dames. Uh, they are two teachers up in the uh, Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex uh, in Wiley uh, ISD. 
Um, and they had a whole session designed to uh, help you, help us, kind of similar to what this podcast will be, to help uh, you know veteran teachers to continue to fertilize and grow their tree. Uh, it was all, all these tree metaphors uh, for uh, new teachers and rookies to sit down and to plant that tree and to give it a good root system so that it can grow. And if you were uh, uh, an aging director or a director who took over a program that the tree is dying or has died, how to rebirth that tree and grow it up. And the first thing they said was, you have to have a plan. So uh, they had a whole website and all these videos and all this. It was, it was so much content uh, and it was a little bit overwhelming. But uh, when I sat down with some of my colleagues and some of my friends and confidants and sat down and talked to them, they're like, this is what you've been looking for. Uh, and so um, I, uh, I started looking, uh, looking forward and uh, started writing this, this plan. Uh, so, you know, it all came down to this whole, this whole plan. We started with what are our goals? What do we want to accomplish as music, music educators uh, to fulfill the needs of our students? And so uh, our mission statement uh, is uh, the Round Rock High School Choral Department is an organization that prides itself on outstanding musicality. That's the first and foremost. We are, uh, I aspire for our program to be the best of the best. I grew up in that program. Uh, when I was in high school, I went to the University of Texas, which is one of the best universities in the country, in the world. Um, and, um, and always priding ourselves on being the best, a tradition of excellence. Excellence is always our goal. So, uh, prides ourselves on outstanding musicality, academic excellence. I want my students to not just be good musicians, but also to be great students. Because uh, if they're learning, they're always improving upon themselves. And the, the skills I'm giving them is not just about reading music and being an artist, but also t giving them life skills. And also, the last part, part of this goal, uh, this statement, is service to the school and community. Because if we're not giving back, um, we're not building a coalition that's going to help us achieve our goals. Um, so we want to, the last part of this statement is we strive to build a strong and lasting culture of singing in our region that will set the bar high for those who will follow our example. So, uh, everything that we do is defined by this statement. Uh, the choices we make, whether it's repertoire, uh, how we organize our department, how, uh, what contests and festivals, uh, we go to, uh, where we put our emphasis. And so, uh, before we really sat down and looked at all these things, we did a lot of things on the calendar. We still do a lot of things, uh, in our calendar year, but it just, it just felt like we were, um, just doing things to do them. Uh, at the time I'd been at the campus for, I think six years, uh, and, um, some of the things we just kept doing because that's the way we'd always done it and the way it was done before me, um, before I got to Round Rock High School. And so uh, it really forced me and my assistant to sit down and say, what are we doing and why? what's the why for every single thing we do?
So uh, as we go through, uh, there were several strategic goals that we outlined um, and also kind of our philosophy. Uh, the next state part of the document was our philosophy and what we thought a coral classroom should look like. I won't read, go through and read, and read that stuff, but um, if you don't know who you are and who you want to be, then you can't have an, um, you can't have a mission, a vision. Uh, you got to have that vision. Uh, there's a delicate balance that we play from seeing the big picture as as a director. You got to see the big picture, but you also got to look at the at the trees. Um, and the, you know, when you're seeing the big forest, you also got to look at the little trees to know how you're going to make that big picture happen. So it's it's always zooming in and zooming out, just like you are when you're in a rehearsal, uh, looking at an individual part, but also how that part interacts with the rest of the ensemble, and then how how does that interact with the greater part of the of the piece. So uh, we we outlined um, four main goals. Um, you can have more or you can have less, um, but we outlined four main goals and then a couple of permutations of each one of those goals that we wanted to focus on that was going to help us achieve that choral excellence and that growth in our part department. So our, our first goal was outstanding musicality and literacy. Uh, and everything we do was about teaching the kids to read music because if they can read the music on their own, then our teaching time gets cut in half. Um, we don't have to spend so much time pounding notes on the piano if I can just hand out the music and they can go read it. The, you know, I have a, um, a colleague and a friend uh, who is working with our program this year, and and she's she's like, you know, this is work. It's hard. It it, it has to be done, um, but it can be fun at the same time. And so, um, if we can get past the hard part, learning music, it's not going to be fun every single day, every single moment. Um, but if we can get past the hard part, then uh, which is the notes and the rhythms, then we can dive deeper into levels two, three, four, deeper into the music to find uh, a deeper meaning to uh, our teaching. And the kids will get so much more out of the music and find a higher appreciation for uh, the artistry that we create on a daily basis. So we were wanting to focus our goal on teaching literacy, how to read music, um, we were going to do that through our repertoire selection uh, and analyzing our, our curriculum and how we're teaching it and then other things that are going to help our individual singers and our choral ensembles to achieve higher. Uh, we were going to, second goal is to have high academic excellence. Um, we're going to have a good uh, classroom management. Uh, classroom management is a daily skill. Uh, it starts on day one setting up those routines, setting up that relationship and being consistent um, and allowing those students to know exactly what to expect on a daily basis. Uh, and then reaching out to other aspects of the campus. Our cam like I said, our campus is massive. It covers a giant swath of land. We have 15 buildings. It's really easy to get lost in 3,700 students and 200 plus 
faculty, but reaching out to those other faculty and other teachers to find ways that we can co uh, cross-curricular teach and enhance not just our classroom, but the other classrooms as well. Um, and then embedding technology because let's be real. Um, I, I grew up, uh, in a time when we didn't have to have a computer. Uh, I'm kind of in that between gen X and millennial, uh, generation. And, uh, you know, I'm not all, I, I like technology. I'm, you know, doing this podcast here. So, but, uh, there's a sense of the students nowadays, they, they're always on their phone. They're always plugged in. So if we can find ways to enhance and use that to our advantage, we're, we're going to be so much more successful. Third goal is, uh, services, school and community. How can we, uh, build that coalition that's going to support us in all the endeavors we want to do? So when we want to go, uh, travel abroad, uh, in a, in a time period that is, uh, caution, so much more cautious, um, how do we help our community understand the need to go visit these other places and sing in these other places. Or if we need to find funding for a bus or for, uh, uh, more music or commissioned piece, uh, how are we going to build that coalition? If we're not outreaching to our community, uh, not just local community, but the whole, the larger community in music education and, and fine arts advocacy. And then the last goal sustainability. How do we keep this train rolling? Uh, and that one has been a major, major focus over the last couple of years since uh, the pandemic is sustainability, uh, finding ways to keep the train rolling down the tracks and, uh, looking at other programs across the state. Some have been so much more successful than we have. And I think we've been pretty successful at it. Um, but, uh, making sure that everything we're doing is still, um, holds a purpose and holds a why. And so, um, so we sat down, so those are our four goals and we sat down and kind of wrote right out, wrote out this whole plan of how are we going to track this from individual, individual contests, um, from the all region, all state process, uh, how they're doing, uh, solo and ensemble, um, students in private lessons, um, how are we sending them to summer camps, helping them find their, uh, find their voice in our department. And then, uh, different, different benchmarks through the, uh, concerts throughout the year. Uh, we put four concerts on, uh, four major concerts, uh, with the whole department, with our fall concert, the choral, uh, choral collage, uh, the winter concert, which is the holiday in round rock. And then uh, pre-OIL, which is kind of right before our festival uh, evaluation season. And then our spring concert, which is a lot, lot lighter, more pop music oriented. Um, but we also have other performances throughout the year. Uh, we take our choirs to festivals. Um, in the last several years, uh, Dragon Chorale, which is our varsity mixed choir uh, and chamber choir. They've been going to the Chamber Magical Festival in San Antonio, which is just one of the most amazing experiences I, I've ever been a part of, but to hear, to not only just sing at and get the comments from our judges and adjudicators and clinicians, but just to watch the kids grow in that process and learn what being a uh, top tier professional musician is. And then they show up, 
uh, feeling really good. And then we see some of these other choirs that have been doing it for longer than we have. And watching them grow and see that make the connections of, wow, that was awesome. I want to be just like that has been truly, truly amazing. Uh, we've also gone to um, Coral, uh, the Celebration of Excellence in Houston, um, the Texas Renaissance Festival, um, student days when that contest, that uh, festival still existed, uh, other festivals, always trying to find ways to broaden our scope so we're not just some really good choir in Round Rock, but, um, but out beyond the Round Rock Austin area, um, statewide, uh, nationwide. We went to Hawaii last summer, uh, or last spring break and, um, saw, uh, saying to students, uh, saying to people, uh, at the United States, USS Missouri, uh, and really, um, found ways to have a broader outreach beyond our community. So, uh, finding, writing these things down, uh, there's nothing truly earth shattering in this. And as we go on this journey through this podcast, we'll talk about other aspects of this, uh, strategic plan. And a lot of this will come back to this because this is kind of the, 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 the foundation. Uh, this is why I'm starting with this. Um, and the biggest thing to focus on is writing it down. So one, you know, your thoughts and you have them priced out, uh, and then having it going back and referencing it, going back and seeing it again, uh, looking at different levels and finding your why, um, you know, I'm also, uh, a, a church, church musician. I sing, uh, I'm assistant director of music at a, uh, Methodist church here in Austin, uh, Bethany United Methodist. And, uh, at the time, you know, my assistant says, well, you know, if you don't get a Saturday, if we have to have an event on a Saturday, you don't get a weekend because you work every day of the week. Uh, so we needed to cut back on our events and find ways to, be more efficient and what is the why what's the purpose each thing we do holds so uh, our sight reading curriculum what does it hold well it teaches our kids to read and prepares them for the next level whether it's um, the next ensemble level or the next um, academic level through college or entering into the professional world um and being able to sing in a professional choir or a community choir, uh, it's preparing them for the next thing. That's why we do it. It doesn't, not just to create grades for them to enter, it does do that, but it's to prepare them for the next. What does the choral collage hold? Well, it's a community event that allows us to show off our students' work and gives our students a goal to work on those first nine weeks, uh, the first six weeks of this semester, uh, to, towards. Um, and uh, we're always building towards something. There's always a, uh, a goal to reach. And through that, we're tracking uh, and analyzing and assessing data ever, uh, to make sure that we're being uh, diligent and good educators. So, uh, that is 
so much the purpose of a strategic plan. Uh, and you can start that right now. Uh, sit down. Uh, it Just because it's January, um, just because you're sitting here uh, feeling uh, like UIL or whatever uh, concerts that's coming up is, it's right around the corner. I don't have time to do all this stuff. Stop. Take a breath. Because you do. Uh, if you don't start somewhere, there's always another reason why. There's always another uh, thing that's going to get in your way. Just sit down and take a minute and write some things down. This whole podcast idea has been something that I've been thinking about and developing for couple years now uh we did something similar we did the kind of a podcasty thing uh when uh during during the pandemic um to help uh the new students get to know our officers and uh we hired a i'd hired a new assistant at the time uh so that they could get to know uh her and so uh there was a sense of it just it just piqued my interest on uh, this medium of podcast, and that's all I listen to in my car is listening to um, talk radio and uh, pod, different podcasts, whether it's sports or um, or cooking or the, any kind of thing. I listen to lots of podcasts, and um, it helps my brain process all the things that have gone on in the day. And so, um, but I had to sit down. And actually do this. Hence, I'm sitting here in my office at my house, sitting here finally recording uh, the first episode um, because I just needed to do it. I needed to stop saying, push it off, push it off. Oh, I'll do it next week. Oh, I'll do it because there's always another event. There's always another thing that's going to come up. Um, so just sit down and start writing down some ideas. Um, what do you want your classroom to look like? What do you want your program to grow to? Uh, and give yourself some benchmarks. Give them realistic, you know. Um, and uh, and then th- as you write down, write down your thoughts, as you write down these ideas that will help you start this process, then you can then start formulating ways that you can assess how are you meeting these goals um giving yourself some benchmarks um one example uh of some of our benchmarks um we had when when we wrote this in uh the last iteration uh updated version that i have pulled up here on my uh, laptop is uh all region increased total number of students auditioning for the all region choir in 2020, we had 77, um, and that was actually, I think, down a little bit from the year before that in 2019. Um, and so, um, you know, I have 250 in my program. Uh, I'd love to have all of them enter the process um, because ultimately, that's going to the students that are going to make the all-state ensemble that start the process. It's going to help them. Um, because of the way our state organizes the whole process. Um, but the data that I have sh- done, that I have built up and tracked over the last five, six years, pr- shows that the more students that enter the process, the more students our school has make the All Region Choir, make 
the pre-area, advance to Allstate. Uh, and so as we have emphasized just starting the process, that's, that's really all I ever say is I, you know, we, we require three ensembles to enter the process, start the all region process. And we encourage everyone to enter it. Um, we incentivize it to them for the end. They get some bonus points in the end of the year evaluation. Um, but we then say, we want you to do this, but if you don't advance, not a big deal. Uh, we want you to enter the room and we want you to try. If you try, you're successful. We take the pressure for them to make it all the way to the Allstate Choir, which, I mean, is just one of the hardest processes in the entire world. Uh, we start with ten to 14,000 students across the state, start in August, and it ends with 300 uh, making the mixed choir and another uh, 200 make the treble choir and 150 make the men's choir. Um, and... Uh, that's just, I mean, it's just daunting to think about that. And they start with this giant packet of music and they're like, oh my God, that's so much music I have to learn. It's like, no, no, you have to learn two pieces. That's all you got to do. Start with that. And then we'll worry about the next steps. And then we provide opportunities for them to feel successful, um, to let them know we're not going to just send you into this room to audition without being knowing what you're doing. Um, one, because we're Round Rock High School and we have a reputation that we have excellent musicians, but we also don't want you to feel like you're a failure. So we want to increase those numbers. Um, another, another, another benchmark that we have is increase the total number of students participating in voice lessons. So in 2019, 2020, we had 65. Um, that number this year is a little bit down because we lost one of our voice teachers. Uh, they went back to grad school, uh, and we just struggled to fill that position. So, um, we don't have, we just don't have the availability of students, but, um, actually being in able having faculty to teach them voice lessons, um, but increasing the number of people in voice lessons, all these things help our department as a whole be more successful and help the ensembles sound better and be better. And our musicians to learn music at a much higher rate. And, and so, so such so that we have begun to receive more accolades. Uh, a couple of years ago, we won the National Mark of Excellence uh, for choral music. Um, this year, we have six All-Staters uh, in the All-State Ensembles, uh, which is a record for Round Rock High School. And um, it's just it's just really, really awesome to see the, the fruits of this labor that started five years ago to finally be paying dividends and to see the joy on the students' faces when they reach the pinnacles of success um, and seeing the pride in our faculty and our administration uh, when we can represent uh, our community in such a manner. So all this to say is that uh, it's never too early and never too late to start thinking about these things. Um, you don't have to wait till the summer to start doing these things. All you got to do is start by writing some things down and 
being open to trying things in a new way. Uh, I, you know, uh, I've only taught for 15 years. Um, uh, I, I've taught, uh, all levels of, of, of music. Uh, I haven't been, uh, an elementary teacher, but I, I've led elementary choirs. Um, I have, uh, taught, uh, in grad school as a, a graduate conduct, as a graduate assistant and graduate conductor. Uh, I've taught community choirs. I've taught high school. I've taught middle school, um, adults, um, all levels. And, uh, I love, uh, making music, uh, at a very, very high rate. And I, I hold all my ensembles to that same level. But, uh, and I want to share with you guys these things. And I know I don't have all the answers. Uh, I actually have very few answers. Um, I have more, probably more questions than I have answers. Um, but I do have a lot of opinions. And um, I want to help people find a voice. Because I know how scary it can be to um, feel alone and to feel lost uh, and overwhelmed. Uh, and sometimes you just need to hear someone else going through that same thing and know that there's a light at the end of that tunnel. But if you don't start doing something to help yourself, then you're never going to get going. And I've been through those things and felt the burnout uh, and felt like I'm doing this all by myself. Um, but ultimately... Uh, we're all in this together. No cliche there. There's as uh, parts of the world start singing uh, High School Musical. Um, but we are in this together. It, it is a village. And so what I implore you as um, we've started this new year, uh, 2023, uh, as I start this, we start this new journey through this podcast noted, uh, is to sit down and Think about the the ways that you want your program to grow. And this, you know, I'm a choir director through and through, but you can do this with band, you can do this with orchestra, you can do this with a dance class, a dance department, um, a theater department, a math department. Uh, if you don't know, if you don't have a plan, how are you going to move forward? You got to have uh, those plans to help you build the boat, help you move through and continue forward. Um, so uh, just take it one step at a time. Start with just one little thing and write down some things, write down some ideas, write down some thoughts, organize them together, and then just talk, start talking to people. Start talking to people and find out ways that you can uh, help yourself because I bet you that you have a community around you that is more than willing to help you uh, do more than you think you do. So get out there and start working. So here we are. Uh, end of our first episode. Um, 
And so this is a journey that is going to be uh, step by step. And so, uh, like I said, new year, new me, new year, new you. Uh, so just get out there and start doing stuff. Uh, take notes and uh, just thank you again for uh, tuning in and listening, uh, you know, to my ramblings. Um, if, you, if you feel confused or whatever, uh, you know. Uh, I probably am too. So, uh, but all I know is that as, as this journey begins, uh, we're going to have talk about lots of different things. Um, in an episode coming up, we'll be talking about, um, uh, hobbies and, uh, what you're doing in your downtime, uh, to kind of break free from the monotony that is education in today's world. Uh, we'll also talk about things like vocal technique, um, with, uh, I, I, uh, amazing director um that teaches uh just amazing vocal technique um we'll talk about uh you know what is our goal uh not just not strategic goals but like what is the purpose of what we do do we teach to a contest uh is competition good uh for choir um how to plan a trip all sorts of things but this is just the first step so uh thank you for tuning in and uh I hope you enjoyed uh, this first episode. Uh, again, my name is Jameson McCafty, and and for uh, all those teachers out there, just know that we're here together. Uh, we're here for you, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. We'll see you in our next episode of Noted. Thank you.